Hey everybody, my name is Pat Cohan and this is the AD Insider Thursday 30. Our guest for today's show is Jared Hunt, the athletic director at Academy ISD in Little River Academy, Texas. This interview was filmed at the 2023 Texas High School Coaches Association Convention, one of the largest coaching conventions in the world with over 16,000 members in attendance. At the show, our team worked with coaches to create new content for our Coaches Insider channels. This is where we share free skill, drill, and strategy videos every single week for nine different sports. If your coaches aren't using this as a resource, we highly, highly recommend they do so. Now, in this interview, we're gonna talk with Jared about some of the lessons he learned as an SEC recruiting coordinator and what has translated to his high school athletic department this is going to entail social media ideas and planning, impactful investments for the whole athletic department, and advice on how to hire coaches and how to find out their sport knowledge in sports maybe that you don't have experience in. Before we dive into these topics, we do want to thank our partner in this episode, and that's Box Out Sports. Box Out gives you the ability to create graphics at the speed of sports to highlight your athletic department, teams, and student-athletes in seconds. Used and trusted by Notre Dame, Ohio State, UConn, Marquette, Georgetown, and many more of the top college programs in the country, if you want your school's brand to stand out through all the clutter, start your free demo at BoxOutSports.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy this 80 Insider Thursday 30. Jared Hunt, 2016, defense coordinator at Cedar Ridge High School in Texas. Then you go on, 2017, you're at SMU. You're on a rocket ship type career. You're a recruiting coordinator. The staff there gets hired to go to the Arkansas, so now you're in the SEC. But in 2018, you make the decision to come back to 3A high school football. Why? Throughout my career, I always chose to propel myself and try to get to my dream job, which was working at the college level. Uh, got that opportunity, like you said, and then we, we had a, um, in the transition from Arkansas, as our family's moving, uh, I get a phone call that my sister-in-law passed away unexpectedly. And so being nine hours from home, our family, it, it was a struggle being from away from home. You know, you work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You're as a recruiting coordinator, your phone never stops. Um, and so it was one of those things for us. It was what was best for our family at the time. And my wife and I sat down and, and an easy decision came and I came, went back home and I was a offensive coordinator and head girls track coach. And a year later became the athletic director. But, um, the reason why it's, it's, I always go back to his field was family decision. I'm a coach in your school. I have an athlete that's family just gone th- some, through something similar. I come to you for advice. What are you telling me to help that kid? Honestly, you're a listening ear. You're having the conversation. Uh, you may bring up the, the topic and, and see if they can talk through it and things like that. But uh, the, the hardest thing to do is to initiate the conversation. Um, even as a coach, you, you don't want to stir up something that, that bothers them to an extent, but you also for me, I needed to talk about it. Well, I needed to, to have that conversation with somebody about it. And, you know, I got to talk to Coach Morris about it when the decision was happening. I, I got to talk to uh, different members of the staff that were there. I, I opened up more than, than some other people might have just to ask questions because the number one thing you always read about, because I started reading books whenever this happened, and 
You don't want to make a, you don't want to have kids when you're grieving. You don't want to move. You don't want to change jobs. You don't, you know, everything says don't do these things. Now we didn't have a kid, but yeah, we had a one-year-old or, you know, one and a half-year-old and we changed jobs. We moved out of state. I mean, we, we did things that it went against the grain, but you know, the same thing I said yesterday, you know, I went from a dream job to a dream life because at home and work ended up being exactly what I wanted it to be. And the balance was perfect. Now, when you came in as an athletic director, did you just, all right, we're going to kind of maintain, stay where we're at uh, in terms of culture, in terms of processes, in terms of all those things? Or did you say, clean swipe, I'm going to reset the foundation and build this the way I want to see it? Like what what freedom or, or leeway did they give you? And then where did you go with that opportunity? first thing that I, I did was observe. You know, I, I didn't touch summer strength. I was hired in May. I didn't touch summer strength and conditioning. I just wanted to observe because they already had a plan. Let me go in. Let me watch. Let me see how that plan is. Going into August, the only thing that I added and the only thing that I really wanted to focus on was our coach's handbook, how we're going to do things, you know, my expectations, things like that. On the kids, I didn't want to change too much on them. The only thing that we implemented is what we call, we called it then the MVP process, but now we've changed it to the Mumblebee way. And it's really our pillars. It's, it's your mission statement, vision, and then your core principles. And so we, we stuck by that. And that was the main thing that I pushed to our coach. I said, guys, if there's anything I'm going to come at you with is you not pushing our culture. So in your programs, push your push this culture, push this culture. When installing a new culture to a program, are you going to get people that try to tear it down? It's not really tear down. It's it's always when people are doing things they've never done before, it's uncomfortable. And I never take offense to anybody that wanted to push back on it or question it or anything like that. Because if it's new to me, it's I have questions too, you know, because I've got to, the coaches have to believe in them before the kids do. Yeah. And so you're going to get that back and forth a little bit and and so to me it was fine it's I, I, I never call it pushback i always call it uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable time change is uncomfortable and so that that's why you don't want to come in and make you're doing this you're doing this and hard changes and this it's let's try to get this done and you were pretty selective with what you wanted to change everything stays the same except this bumblebee way mvp process this is what needs to actually be executed Interesting. And so now, as you guys have implemented the MVP process and now changed it over to the Bumblebee way, what other piece of advice, you know, going into year two, three, would you have for somebody that's trying to really change a program? Because you grew up there. Yep. So they know you're one of their own. So I think you get a lot more clout to get things done. If I came into a new school district from a different, I'm not from there. There's going to be a lot more public pushback, right? You don't automatically get always oh, one of ours. He knows what's best for us. You get, you don't know what it's what we want as a community, right? You got to do your research. You got to come in. You got to understand the people. You got to understand where you're going. For me, and then this is my advice to anybody applying for jobs and looking at places and things like that is do your research, do the background checks, figure out where the community has been, what they've been successful at, what they haven't been successful at. Talk to people in the community, go to a local, if they have restaurants, we don't have very many. I mean, it's a one stoplight place, but 
you, you've got to figure out the people and you got to understand them. You got to understand the administration and their vision because your vision can't be opposite of where they're trying to go. And so we've always said, I came in when I took over. So they hired me in May. The superintendent left immediately after. And so we had a new superintendent come in at the end of July. So my first year, I'm hired by someone else and a new superintendent, assistant soup come in towns. And now I'm I'm working with a new group going into this my first year. The best thing that ever happened though is their vision and what they they came in saying we're gonna TCA, take care of Academy. That's the, that was their mantra of what they were saying. Well, we were saying best is a standard. And they loved it, and they've combined it, and so they use TCA and Best as a Standard, even at their level. And so it's us getting on the same page. It was conversations. It was feedback. It was all that. It's it's the same thing with our MVV process or our Bumblebee way. We've changed words, and I tell our coaches all the time, our core principles are our core principles until we need to focus somewhere else. And, and we've changed words in the last – we've changed one in the last three years, and that was because a kid came to us and said – this word we used family family was our wednesday coach family might be negative to some people can we change that word and so i said what word do y'all want to use and the unity came about and so we we actually talked to a bunch of kids boys and girls and unity was the word that was said a little bit more than the other so now we've changed it to unity to where we're committed to each other and that's that's just how we changed that one word but that was kid feedback now you've taken over the program you've got installed the culture you're moving things forward you know, what, what would you say is your superpower as an athletic administrator? Like if you kind of looked at and be like, okay, this is what's happened. This is what I've done. This is what I'm really good at as an athletic administrator. I honestly would love to say I'm a very good recruiter. That's what you did at SMU. And I, I have hired very well from junior high to high school. I say me. I'm only able to do that because I'm selling a great product. And that, that doesn't matter where you're at. That, that doesn't matter whether you're at SMU, Arkansas, Academy, you have to sell what you have. You gotta find your strengths and you gotta expose those strengths. We use social media. We're probably one of the biggest 3A social media groups that are in the, in the forms of content. We're adding some mic'd up moments this next year. I mean, there's things that I learned because we had a week long social media content meetings at SMU in Arkansas to gather a calendar of we're going to release this and this, this throughout the school year or throughout, throughout the year. Well, we're about to implement that even at our level because I can focus on that because I've hired very well and I don't have to do so many things because we got great people doing their jobs and do it really well that I'm able to step back and say, okay, now let's, let's showcase our kids. Let's showcase our coaches. Let's showcase what we have because we've hired so well. So, what is your criteria? I think you just hired a head football coach in January, okay? And you played football, and you were part of a big football staff. Say I have never played football, but I am the athletic director, and I need to find a head football coach. What would you say you need to look for in that person? So whenever the job comes open, uh, for us this last time, so three years ago, we did open it up and we hired outside. And so that was probably a different experience than what we did of promoting within. My goal has always been to promote within. I think that's how you recruit and retain great people. And so we did that with volleyball. We just had a volleyball change and I did that. I was able to hire within. A junior high coach went to the head coach. 
And so that's an easy transition for us. And so now you need to, so when you look for hiring and look for things like that, for me, when I'm hiring people that could potentially be a head coach in our district, I'd love either young, eager people that play college athletics that understand, or it's maybe it's someone that just needs a career change that has been a head coach and wants to be at a good place um, because that's what we can sell. Now, when I sat down three years ago to hire a football coach, I have a big network. So coming to coaching school and having the network and be able to reach out to people, it's it's great. But I knew our kids. I knew our current staff. I didn't want our staff to leave. We had great staff. And so what I did was I just went down. I went to the superintendent's office and we talked. And he goes, write down the top five things you're looking for in a coach. And so I wrote down, you know, number one, you know, loyalty. And, you know, you go down your list of what you What were your top five things? You got to remember, you have to. You're on camera. I need them. Uh, loyalty was one. Um, football knowledge, uh, just having that football-based knowledge. Being someone that can recruit other coaches or having a network themselves. Uh, head coaching experience was preferred in that one. If you didn't play football, what do you need to know about that person when it comes? Like, your deep football knowledge, right? What would be a question you would ask a potential head football coach that would help you identify maybe their football knowledge. What's the main position that you need in football? What's a quarterback? So my question to the, a potential would be, how do you develop quarterbacks from junior high to high school? That would be a question. So it's basketball, it's point guards, volleyball, it's a setter, it's pitchers. It's So I would just go through and ask that Your question. It's developing. Because yeah. that's all you're asking them to do is develop a kid from junior high to high school and be successful for six years. And so how you develop a kid is how you're going to develop a program. Have some schemes because schemes change week to week, day to day, year to year. doesn't matter. It depends on what you're going against. Mine is more developing of athletes, developing of kids. So it's how you develop this position. It's an easy question. But it's a simple question. For someone that doesn't know, I don't know the correct answer to, to how you develop a pitcher. I played center field, but I'd love to hear the answer from someone to go in depth from junior high to high school and growing and developing a pitcher. I love that. If I only had so much to spend, where would you put it to have the biggest impact on your whole program? So for us with a growing district, everything's costing more already with the economy and you're adding kids. And so your budget, you gotta be smart with your budget. And, and we do a really good job on our end with our budget of, I tell our coaches all the time, if you need it, to practice or play, we will get it. So I never tell coaches no. Now, do you need sweats? No. Go to the booster club, raise money, and do whatever you got to do to get sweats. But if we need this, now, nobody ever plans for strength and conditioning. There's there's not. There, there's not a budget for it. It's out of your supplies. It's out of what everybody else digs out of. And usually the last thing people focus on is strength and conditioning. Being at the college level, I learned the two most important areas in your program is your athletic training room and your strength and conditioning. Because if your kids aren't healthy, nothing else matters. And so for us, that's been a big investment for us. So if for say someone comes to me and says, hey, we'd, we'd like to donate this, we'd like to help you in an area, where would it be? It's not a sport. It's not that sport, it's not this sport, it's not that sport, it's strength and conditioning. We need strength and conditioning because the it changes daily. It changes all the time. The data, the research, uh, our guy does a good job of reading. Our trainer does a good job of going things and learning things. And hey, 
you know, we might need to invest more in this than this. And so we have weekly meetings. We will this next year of me, the strength coach, the trainer. And we're just going to sit down and plan to make sure our kids are healthy. What a great way to support all the programs with one investment in one category, right? You're not dividing out like uh, micro pieces of money. You're just saying, all right, we got 10K. Yep. It's going to strength conditioning and it's going to help all 30 sports or whatever you have. We do a really good job of skill-based training in our school. Our kids do a lot of good basketball and volleyball skills and baseball, and they, they go get their skill development. They're not going to get better and better if they're not stronger, they're not faster, they're not working on their agility, and if they're not healthy. And so that's our focus this next year in Academy is really just, are we getting stronger? Are we healthy? If we're not, why? What are we doing to prevent injuries? things like that but it's conversations and sometimes they turn crucial conversations sometimes they're not fun conversations to have because we're doing something wrong we got to change it and change is different for people and so those are things that we'll focus on the the main thing but man strength and conditioning and athletic training if if those aren't the most important things in your program then your other ones are going to slack a little bit jared thanks so much and best of luck this upcoming season thank you